it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. To 15 degrees Celsius. This is the Manchester Football Social, Forever Blue, with Ian Cheeseman. Yeah, welcome along again. It's another hour of City action, Manchester City that is, on uh, XS Manchester, which is of course a city station, 106.1 FM. When I say a city station, I mean the city of Manchester Stadium. There are football socials all week on a Monday. There's analysis of the weekend. Then on Tuesday, it's Forever Blue. On Wednesday, it's the Wednesday Club when Joel's here and Steve and Alex. And we have a bit of fun on Wednesday with quizzes and all sorts of stuff. Thursday, I don't talk about that. That's the black (laughs) hole. The black hole of the football social. It's the the full-time devil's takeover. Oh, I've said it now. And on Friday, they'll look ahead to the weekend. So there's loads of football socials here on XS Manchester but this is the best one isn't it forever blue I'm Ian Cheeseman alongside me tonight is the city legend that is David White you've had a shave Dave I know was the beard gone no idea took me forever took me about seven razors (laughs) but it's gone we've got as well as tonight um I've been asking people if they want any anything discussing. And we've got two guests with us in a moment. I'll introduce. But you've also uh, put out a, a little challenge to support us tonight, haven't you? Yeah. Well, last time I was here, you, you promised to give me my own little spot. So, so you've got your own spot. I feel like going on the gopher or something. <laughs> After 50 years of my life, I've got my own spot on a radio show. <laughs> so, no, I, I, uh, I do this thing. People might know um, called Whitey Sevens on uh, Obsessed with the... Uh, the number seven and obviously the shirt number seven uh, whilst we're at City. So I do Whitey Sevens on social media, on uh, on my Twitter and uh, generally mainly on my Facebook. So, yes, so I've put one on uh, today, uh, which we're going to have a little fun with tonight. So basically this one is your all-time City dream seven-a-side team. I need to just describe it a little bit more because I'm picturing the pitch. The pitch is, as we used to do in training most days, so the corner flags would be the front corners of the penalty box, the goals, we had mobile goals had been moved. To, so basically, you play, you're playing on probably two-thirds of a pitch, so you've got to consider that because uh, that's going to be the size of the pitch. You've got full-size goals. It's outdoor. It's not an indoor game. No walls. Absolutely no walls. No, not, not, not like the head tennis gym. 
So you're looking, I, I think you're looking for box, it's not just pick your seven best players or you can play whatever formation you want. You're looking for box-to-box players, players with energy. Uh, you're looking for versatile players. Not going to be an awful lot going on out wide. So that's my excuse for not getting picked by anybody. Um, and the ball's going to be generally on the floor. So those are the, the players you've uh, you've got to pick. And we've, we've had a few today um, come in. Uh, Colin Lowndes, he's gone for Joe Hart. Ian Brightwell, company. Paul Lake, David Silva, King Cladzi and Aguero. I think we're going to see that name Aguero feature quite a lot. Dean Walsh, Hart, company, Morrison, Silva, Bruyne, Aguero, and then, some reason at the side, Bell. I don't know why he's over there. Uh, Everson, I don't know who he is. I think it's Edison. Company, Teato, Lake, Kinkladzi, Silva, Aguero. That's Jonathan Taylor. Martin Stubbs, Tony Colton. Uh, best wishes to Tony Colton, by the way. I uh, I only found out today he's, um, he's had a sort of major heart surgery a couple of weeks ago. I believe he's doing great, but... Uh, he's yeah, best wishes, TC. Yeah, fantastic keeper. Fantastic guy. So, uh, hope he has a speedy recovery. Tony Colton, Zaba, Dave Watson... Uh, Colin Bell, Silver, KDB and Aguero, um, Howard, Phoebe, Corrigan, Watson, Bell, Barnes, Stewart, Aguero and Doyle. I don't know where Mike Doyle suddenly appeared up front in that one, but he has. But that's a throwback to my era of watching. Then uh, Stephen Braithwaite, another um, sort of shout out to TC. It's TC plus any six from the present team, which we'll go with. Another one here from David Silver Antonio Felipe. I don't think that's his real name. Big Joe Corrigan, Zabaleta, Vinny, Paul Power, De Bruyne, Silva, Aguero with a million O's. Jack Tolly has gone with, uh, I think this must be tongue-in-cheek, Wright, Somme, Benayim, Boyata, Musampur, McManaman and Joe. <laughs> I don't think they'll be making the... Uh, the Ultimate Eleven. Sean Pickles, Colton Dunn, Company, Fernandinho Silva, De Bruyne, Aguero, and then Ian Middlehurst, Colton, Watson, Company, Silva, Kinky, Bernabia, and Aguero. Right, now, if you want to get involved, 87711 is our text number. So that's the way to do it. Put your name on it. Put your seven. Uh, and I suppose you could say where you're from as well, if you like. But 87711. I'll give you that number out again in a second too. 87711. So David White's with me. I'm Ian Cheeseman. We've got two fans today. Because it's after the, the blank weekend in the middle of the international break, rather than talk to a couple of other ex-City players, which I love to do, I thought I'd bring in a couple of fans today. So we've got two in the studio with us. The first is Emily. So just tell us your background, Emily. Um, I'm Emily. You'll probably know me from doing a few podcasts, writing for King of the Kipax for 20 years, and I also used to do a popular radio show with Ian. <laughs> we won't say the name. And there's Matty as well. Hi, I'm Matthew Dove. Um, you probably won't know me, but I'm the under-25 representative for City Matters, which is a new initiative by Man City to try and have a voice between the fans and the club. Um, so you might know me from that and a few podcasts, etc., etc. Right, I promise to give you that text number again, just in case it wasn't lodging with you. Eight double seven double one. Now you can use that number to either do one of Whitey Sevens, which is the greatest city team uh, that would play in that formation. A lot of limitations on that Whitey. Two thirds of a pitch and full size goals and all. I don't think everybody goes along with that. I think they just go with instinct, don't they? Yeah, but I, I'm saying it's something different. So when you see all my right. team later, it's it's going to be about all those things. You thought I can, it through. You I thought can it picture through. it. I, I, I can see it. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know if mine will fit into your criteria. But the other thing you might want to do today, because I thought 
one of the reasons I've got the two fans in is to talk about any city matters you want. Now, you can lead the agenda tonight rather than me, which I don't mind and I do it most of the time, come in here and have my own questions and my own structure of what I want to do. I'm quite happy tonight to let you lead the way. Now, the two fans themselves can lead the way if there's some subject that you want to talk about, um, but... Uh, equally, if you want to uh, ask us a question, then you can do. Now, one of the questions that's come in via Twitter or Facebook, and people have been commenting on my uh, Ian Cheeseman Forever Blue Facebook or on my Twitter account, but as I say, eight double seven double one is clearly Raheem Sterling. I think he, because he scored the two goals for England last night, because I think I'm, I'm safe in saying he's very, very popular among City supporters who have a lot of love for him, but there is a perception out there that the media and or fans of other clubs don't quite share um, that, that affection for Raheem. I think he's a subject that, that a lot of people want us to speak about. So let me ask you, David, first of all, but let's hear from the two fans as well. You know, Raheem Sterling, I mean, discuss. I think it was amazing. Like This is what we, we need to see. We, we see him do it, doing it to <clears throat> regular for City. I think we have done over the last couple of years. Uh, he did maybe have a, a, a shaky start, a shaky period at City, but he, he's been. I think he's an absolutely wonderful player. And uh, you know, when you when you go to step up to international level, you you uh, if you're not scoring, that's what you, that's what you're judged on. He's not really a forward player. If you look at his uh, his output, certainly in terms of City, he's better than one one in three goals wise. He's a wide player. You know, I know he's a he's more of a forward player now than he he, he probably was under. Uh, you know, in, in previous seasons, but he's ultimately he's a wide player who, who works his socks off. He, he works hard. He, he defends. So he's, I think he scored 35 goals in 104 league goals for City, which I know they, they do great and they get they get goals. So you, you are going to score more goals. England level, I think it's more like one in ten, which is obviously at this stage disappointing. But you can definitely get to a point where where you you're under sort of severe criticism, where you, your confidence is is going to drop at that level. And uh, I think he's a, an absolute wonderful player. He's, he's tons of energy. Uh, and I think it's just sometimes just just pulling the trigger and and you know uh, over in Spain for England that's exactly what he did his, his first touch was great and he and he he saw where he needed to put the ball and 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 he hit the target which was amazing. This is typical. Somebody on the on the Facebook account has put as, as uh, I think this is a mock up. I'm sure this can't be right today, surely. But it's a Daily Mail front or back cover or whatever and it says unless Raheem Sterling uh, uh, sorry useless Raheem Sterling fails to score a hat-trick now surely that's going too far but there is a general perception out there among a lot of City fans that there is a negative agenda that Raheem Sterling uh, you know is pictured going into a pound shop or whatever and it's front page news uh, or he buys his mum a house. I think that was a story, wasn't it? Whereas another player, I think Phil Foden might have done something like that. And it's like Foden generously gives a home to his mum, whereas Raheem Sterling splashes his cash in, in his bling. And it's, it's different uses of language. I, I must admit, I don't see it as much as other people do. However, I accept that, that, that people have that perception. Do you think that's fair? I mean, what about you two as, as, as fans? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, somebody who I follow on Twitter did a, a really long thread posting every single Daily Mail article that was negative towards him and there was plenty to go at. Um, whether he's going in Poundland or Primark or Greg's or splashing the cash and buying his mum a house because that's what i do if I had the money, without a shadow of a doubt. Me too. <laughs> but I went into um, a pub um, watching the World Cup in the summer in the middle of Manchester, every player at the 
at the beginning, at the starting lineup, way got Sterling. The whole pub booed him before he'd even kicked the ball. And I was like absolutely baffled. This is a Manchester a pub. A Manchester, right in the centre of Manchester. So it's obviously, I don't know, Liverpool and United fans in there for some reason. But yeah, booing him when he was touching the ball. They were watching the game and booing the screen when it he got the, the ball. It was the same reaction given out when Kyle Walker or John Stones was no. named. So, it's, so it's, it's not quite, it's not as tribal as that then. It's it, it's something personal by the yeah, sounds of it. Absolutely, but it's absolutely staggering because City fans can see how good he is. You know, there's some kind of witch hunt against him. It, it just baffles me. But I thought he had a decent World Cup, you know. People who understand football can really appreciate Raheem Sterling. People who are a little bit short-sighted and only see him as a goal-scoring player don't really get it. That's not what he's about. He's about so much more than that. And for City, he's just been superb. I think the reason why City fans and Sterling have that strong relationship now is because of the amount of hate he's got from the outside world. It's almost as if we as fans have to protect him. And I, re I really don't understand the criticism he gets. You mentioned about the Daily Mail articles and stuff like that. And it, it's bizarre. We as City fans obviously get behind him and we want him to do so well, mostly because of, well, he's a City player first of all, but mostly because of the hate he gets from everyone else. And he is a really good player and he scored over 20 goals for his last season and partly because of the way Pep plays, it allows him to get more goals. But I think he is a terrific young player and he is only 23, same age as me, which is he's still so young and he's got bags of ability and we we haven't seen the best of him yet. I can't I can't wait to see what he can produce next. Certainly when, when I, you know, the different eras of teams that I've watched within the City fandom I'm talking about now, there's perhaps always been a bit of a fall guy, somebody that the fans have a little bit picked on, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, not necessarily fairly, but it happens. This is something slightly different, isn't it? Have you ever experienced this? And, and do you think it's fair that... Not, I don't mean fair, it's clearly not fair, but do you think it's, it is happening, or is it just a misconception? No, I think it's definitely... I, mean, I, I think there's... Um, I think if, you, if you're able to... Go out there and buy your parents or your sister a, a property, and, and everybody else in the world would celebrate that. And the way, unfortunately, the, the way we've got to celebrate that, you know, previously you might take a, a you know, a private video of that and show it in, in, in your house or take some photos. But whereas now everything does go online. That that's that's the way life is. I don't think that's shown off. And and I think if um, if everybody else is allowed to do that type of thing, then. Uh, he should be able to do, it. and there's a, there, you know, there would be an argument to say, well, you're bound to bring attention to yourself. The uh, the tattoo, it, I think, it was bound to bring attention. You've got to, you've got to understand that you may sort of be criticised for that, and uh, he, he obviously has been. And there's been times where, you know, fifty million quid, it's, it's an awful lot of money. There was times where he was getting stick at, um, at City, but he, he seems to overcome that. And I just, I just really hope that. You know, the front three last time. I mean, Harry Kane was absolutely amazing, and. Uh, and certainly Sterling and, and maybe Rashford, maybe that is, is the, the future for England in, in terms of forward players. It was it looked so exciting and, and I really hope he can, he can use this as a springboard. I saw some statistics about his goal scoring at the age of 23. He's ahead of Shearer, he's ahead of Keegan, he's ahead of a lot of players at that age who've gone on, went on to be great players. So presumably as fans, the last thing in the world you want to see is Raheem Sterling go somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, we want him to sign that contract now. Um, it needs to be done, really, doesn't it? Uh, but it's up to Raheem, isn't it? You know, 
the club have been the club have proven that they won't be held to ransom over players, whether it be in the past with like Fred and Sanchez. Um, De Bruyne signed what in sixty seconds, something like that. Obviously, there's things that are going on in the contract that he's not happy with, and maybe he does want to go elsewhere, maybe for his career. And good luck to him if that's Much what he wants to do. Better than playing for City. Though. Well, not nothing for me, <laughs> but he might want to try La Liga. He might want to try something else. I'd like Messi to try the Premier League, to be honest with you. But I'd love to keep him at City without a shadow of a doubt. But at the end of the day, ultimately, it's his decision. It's his choice, and the club will only go so far, won't they? But the fact that he's 23 and that much potential on top of the potential that he's already fulfilling is quite frightening. The attraction for him will be Spain, won't it? It'll be Real Madrid or Barcelona. Any any other club, I can't see. I can see that as a downgrade. I don't see why he would do that. But I think there is more than behind the scenes than we know about. I don't necessarily think he's not happy at City. Maybe the media agenda against him is part of the reason why he wants to get out of here. And who could blame him? He is, he is such an easy target. But if you offered anyone a better job for more money, who wouldn't take it? And he's justified in taking it by the fact that he's won the Premier League. So I, I hope he stays. I really do. And I think the way that City play at the moment is perfect for the way he wants to play. So it is a mutual love, I think. And yeah, I really hope he does stay. Fans love rumours. Uh, and, and at this time of, of, of a, a football season, when there's a break, the rumours go into overdrive. I've seen rumours about Mbappe possibly being approached in January. I've seen rumours of uh, De Jong, obviously a 60 million bid potentially for him from Ajax. And the latest one today was, and there's been a sort of backwards and forwards with this, of no, Caldoun did an interview and he was he didn't actually say that and everything. But but the rumour still abounds that City might offer a million pound a week for Lionel Messi. Now we've just been talking about Raheem Sterling and and you know he he wants parity with with Kevin De Bruyne and this is all ifs buts and maybes. But if they brought Messi in and put him on a million pounds a week, is that something that would excite you? Would that something that worry you? Would that be something that unsettles a squad? Is he too old? Blimey. You know, I mean, I don't want to be accused of, of picking up on a rumour and, and, and just for the sake of it going with it. I suppose I'm, I'm trying to use it as a, as a way into the, the, the Sterling debate as well about how much he, he wants parity with other players. And so the general question is, if one of these massive players did come in and they were on massive, massive money, does that unsettle the squad? I I think it does. I think if we were talking about Messi coming three or four years ago and, and the obviously a, you know very very good team at that stage, but not the team we are now. Um, you, you know you you do start and it sounds ridiculous, but you do start to look at well who who doesn't play and and if Messi comes in, then I, I would suggest you know it is a Sterling or an Aguero or a Silver or De Bruyne. It's one of them, isn't it? That that doesn't play and these are all yeah but my question and that's a valid point but my question is more like Sterling's getting £250,000 a week which obviously I'd settle for that um, but then he finds out that the lad in the team next to him is earning four times that amount does that become a problem? I don't I, I don't think that would be the issue if it was Messi because I think Messi has got to a point in his life where wherever he goes is you know if he does go somewhere stays at Barcelona and is earning a million pound a week we probably already is now um, then he's earned that over the last 10, 12 years. I think, you know, he, he undoubtedly has become the the best player ever possibly. And, and um, so I don't think the, the, the financial would be the problem. I think I think the problem would be, well, we, we'd, we'd be losing absolute superstars with more, probably more longevity. 
think it's all relative as well with Messi because, like David said, he's earned it, hasn't he? So he's the stature that he has now, one of the best, best ever in world football. He's kind of worth that amount of money, isn't he? So it's all relative. Sterling's still quite relatively young. He's 23, still early in his career. So if he does get a contract, and we're just paying the sky figures at the moment of 250 grand a week, then fair play to him because that's amazing money for his age, isn't it? So it is all relative. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Lionel Messi playing for the football club, though? Because that is... You want to see him in Sky Blue, don't you? That's you want to see him. stand opens the extension. Oh, <laughs> playing it alongside... And him and Aguero best mates anyway. So, I mean, don't get me excited because it doesn't take a lot. But that would be... I don't really like to buy into rumours after the the stuff with Sanchez and Fred because we got a bit giddy didn't we on, on a podcast and we thought things were happening and we do like rumours but at the end of the day I only like to see it now when they're unveiled holding it, the shirt. It's never going to happen I'm sorry to put a down on <laughs> it but Messi is never going to come to Man City but I think he is the exception to the rule like you were talking about if his wage is a lot higher than everyone else he's earned that but I think it is relevant that if Sterling got paid more, maybe someone else in the squad will go, OK, well, if Sterling's getting that, why can't I? That's where the problems come in. I think that might be a little bit why the Sanchez deal fell through, is that he was demanding ridiculous amounts of money. And I think the club have done well to not be held to ransom, where if a player demands more than they think that he should earn, they say, right, well, off you go. Or, right, we're not going to buy you. So, yeah, <laughs> Messi, Messi is the exception to the rule. As much as I would love to see him at Man City... Uh, I think I'd probably burst into tears if it happened, but I, I can't ever see that happening. But yeah, we can only dream. If there's a subject you want us to talk about, because we're, we're here for a bit longer, yeah, 87711, that's the text number. You can also uh, nominate YT7, which is the uh, those dimensions of two thirds of a pitch, full no walls and all that. Just just pick your favourite seven city players, right? A goalkeeper and six. Well, well, are you going to judge this? Are you? Uh, no, I'm not going to judge you. No, I'm just going <laughs> my, my team will be the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, come up with your whitey seven, the best ever city team. Uh, you can do that eight double seven double one, and you can also say, why are they not talking about this? Throw this into the mix and text us your question, your subjects. I've got a few more to go at. And we'll be back right after this. Excess Manchester. This is the Manchester Football Social Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. 87711 is our text number. This is Excess Manchester 106.1 FM. I'm Ian Cheeseman. Along with me is David White. We've also got Emily and Matty, two City fans in the studio. We're talking about the things you want us to talk about. And we've also got Whitey's seven here. Uh, we've got uh, Mark McCarthy, who's, who's texted in, who says, uh, Edison, Phelan, Curl, Silver, that's David Silver, Bell, Kinkladze and Lee. He says, power, pace, skills and goals. But uh, the cheeky blighter almost also said that there's more chance of me playing up front than Messi joining for City. What, what, are you ruling me out is. playing up front for City? <laughs> I think it might be a little bit too. If it's too late for me, it's certainly too late for you, I would say. Yeah, probably. Uh, here's another one here from uh, My City 7. Uh, it's uh, Edison, Stones, Teato, Bernabia, Silva, uh, King Cladzi, and Aguero. So keep them coming. We've also got questions that I'm going to ask the whole of the studio here uh, to give us answers to. So let's start at the top, because I put this on my Facebook, Ian Cheeseman Flavor Blue Facebook a little earlier on, uh, and I've had some uh, some interesting ones here. I would like to talk about why does the pundits always slate Sterling? Well, we've already sort of talked about that one, really, haven't we? Um, ask David White which current City player 
he would most like to have played alongside? Yeah, I think I, I think I um, who, who asked that one? I gave him an answer early on. Yeah, um, Lee Dempsey. Yep, yeah, yeah. and I think I mean absolutely all of them. I mean, this the squad is is incredible. It'd be great to play against uh, alongside any one of them. But I think the one it would have to be De Bruyne. I think he's you know picking out a pass, long and short passing. It is. Is absolutely sublime, and uh, so definitely, say every single one of them would. Def- I think I'd pick De Bruyne if I had to. Uh, right, let's get another one then. There's obviously lots of love for you on here, David. Uh, for example, the the Villa Park performance. I, I mean, I've talked to you about this many times before, <coughs> but since people are mentioning it, just remind us of that Villa Park <laughs> performance. I find myself speaking about this every single night of my life now, which is <laughs> which is great. It's great. Yeah, it is great. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I was at Presswich and Whitefield last night, and I would, uh, every single branch I go to, the you know, the uh, they asked me about this game. It, it was just the the one game and the one moment in a game of football where where everything was just absolutely perfect. It was um, the night everything came together for me. It, it was uh, I, I speak, well, also speak about that. My dad went to every single, more or less every single game. You you know that as well as anybody, and and, uh, he, and he missed that game. He missed another, scored three hat tricks for City. He missed two of them. Um, so yeah, Villa Park. It, it was they. They was a, they were a great team. Um, you know, full of full of really good players. Paul McGraw was playing, and David Platt, and one or two others. And probably at that time, I'd say it was probably maybe well, certainly for me, the the best away ground to go and visit, go and play. It, it was you know, it was the probably standout standout ground. Really, wasn't it? you know the FA Cup semi final ground, and uh, and just everything came right on the day. Quinny was you know supplying me with everything, and. Uh, you know whether we were the first two goals. One was a intricate passing left foot finish. Second one was a long ball from TC. Uh, Quinny header lobbed it over the keeper. It was Nigel Spink. And then at that point, Paul McGrath came back to mark me. He'd been playing sort of defensive central midfield, so not really come into contact with me. And then to be honest with you, I, I struggled. I didn't want to say I struggled, but he was he was a world class defender. So uh, I didn't see an awful lot of the ball for quite a long time. And then as as they chased the game. Second half, he he pushed back into midfield. I got space again. Made the uh, the third goal for uh, for Matt Brennan with a cross from the right hand side, and then uh, the the my third goal, the fourth goal was was just the moment when every just everything was perfect. It, you know, if you could ever, that is the most confident I have ever felt on a on a on a football pitch. Certainly at uh, sort of that level, the. You know, the goal could have been 100 yards wide. It was ridiculous. I, I, I always say now when I visit the branches, I, I, I may as well just bent down and pick the ball up, give it the ref and said I'd have just scored their ref and <laughs> give the goal. That's how I just knew exactly what was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to have the bonus of it in the stanchion and making that amazing sound it makes when it does that. But it, it was just it was just absolutely perfect. And it just brought me back to sort of my childhood and the practising I did and all the hours I put into, into that shot and... Uh, so it was amazing, and then to go on and get a fourth goal, which you know, to be honest, was a fairly it was outside the box, cut in from the left, fairly weak shot. To be honest, really shouldn't have beaten beaten the keeper, but it, it was just a perfect night for me and and for the team. You know, to you know, you could score four goals and and draw, or or, or it'd be scrappy. But to 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 go there and uh, and score five away from home, and and but again against a, a good team at a great ground, it was it was absolutely perfect. The modern city do it fairly regularly now, don't they? Five nil at Cardiff not so long ago, but in that era, that was unheard of, and uh, and I'll certainly never forget. And I that I think because I was sat in the main stand, I'd have probably been in the press box. I was right behind that that shot that you were talking about. But the one I remember. Uh, it might not be the most glamorous game, but it's one I know you talk about a lot. Is a ten-one, mm-hmm. and that tenth goal. 
Um, because there was such a feeling, everybody wanted to go to double figures, and then you gallop away, and you think, don't miss it. You know, <laughs> just want everybody willing that ball to go into the back of the net. That that's ingrained in my memory forever more. That yeah, and and obviously I, I'm stood, you know, with a with a kit patch behind me, and they're shouting, "We want ten, we want ten. I think even when we were at eight, and uh, and at that point, I, I'd I'd scored one goal from about a yard. I'd, I'd hardly had a kick in in, in many ways because they like, no, I wasn't playing. Badly, but the lads down the left, everything was going down the left hand side. The lads down the left were, uh, were were just incredible. That day, Andy Inchcliffe and Paul Simpson. Paul Simpson got man of the match. Three of us scored hat trick, and he, he wasn't one of them. He didn't get a goal, and you know, and yet he was he was rightly awarded the the uh, the, the man of the match, and and got a ball by the way. So that was four people got a ball that day. So, <laughs> and then um, obviously I think it went to eight nil. I I got a goal. Um, which again, un- under other circumstances, you know, I often say about that goal, the ninth goal, the the, the cross for for inches uh, goal in the five one. They're just instinctive things that you wouldn't do if it was one each, or you know, you'd you'd play more risky, uh, less sort of risky risky football if you like. And came out to me, lashed that one in, and then they were playing some ridiculous offside trap, and and they actually played offside. And if you watch the video, I'm certain as Paul Simpson clips the ball. Sort of past their their oncoming defenders. I'm still in my own half. This I can't even be offside. They run past me, uh, so I've only got the keeper, and obviously I've fair bit of pace. And the, and the keeper comes out, and and you, I could just hear the the atmosphere building. The we want ten, we want ten, and uh, and even when, in fairness, when I've, I've got past the keeper, there was still a, a fair bit to do. I would say, and uh, but I, I don't think the I was ever not going to score again. That was a, just a real moment of confidence, and and two. You know, as a as a city fan from being five or six, or well, from being born in in many ways, it's uh, you know it's, it's it may may not happen again. Ten goals, you, you know, it's uh, well, it hasn't happened since. It, you know, it's uh, it's beyond thirty years now. It, it, uh, funnily enough, it had happened, I think, two or three weeks before a month. I think Gillingham had scored ten, but since then, um, since November eighty eighty seven, it was wasn't it? So we're over thirty years now. No nobody. In English football, product, uh, in the in the top four leagues, has done it ever done it, and you know, so I and I got the tenth, and and and, I, and you know, from a hometown club, the the the, the club I support is an it's an absolute honour to be honest, and, and I often wonder why. Thanks, <laughs> we enjoyed like to, it. I'd like to thank you as well because I have a Huddersfield friend at university, and he said, "Oh, City, you've got no history." So straight away, I brought up the clip of us uh, beating them ten one. So, thanks for having me. It's great to be thought of historical. <laughs> I feel like Henry VIII now. Right, let's go on to, on to more modern stuff. So, this is, these are the questions. Kaz Byrne says, uh, new contracts for Raz and Diaz. That's a little bit of a rhyme to it. Pronto. So, obviously, we've talked a little bit about Raheem Sterling. Diaz, you're not mentioning Foden there necessarily, but I think Diaz's contract runs out at the end of this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the reason he won't mention Foden is he's pretty much nailed on he mm. said he wants to stay at City for life so I don't think that's as much of a grey area Diaz yeah his contract does run out and he hasn't been getting the opportunities that Foden has even sitting on the bench so maybe he is looking elsewhere and what I have seen of him I, I think he's a really technically gifted player and he looks sharp on the ball he hasn't had too many opportunities but he has looked a good young player and maybe the fact that there's so much strength in depth is just putting him off and making him think like Sancho that he isn't going to get an opportunity at City so maybe he has to look elsewhere but I wouldn't have any problem with him getting a new contract and 
hopefully can break into the first team. Well, David Ford on Facebook has said simply, Sancho or Foden? That stumped him. <laughs> I, I suppose what he's asking really is, you know, we're all saying that Foden is going to be the man. Sancho's the one who's got into the England squad. You know, are they are they level with each other? Has, has Sancho gone past Foden? Who would you have if you had the choice? I'm trying to widen out it's what a, it's is a, a short question. It's a tricky one, isn't it, though, because Foden is so limited with his game time because of all the talent around him. And I'm not saying he's not... Obviously, he's a really talented player, but it's all about the game time for him. And that's when the decisions come in about making decisions, about going somewhere else and potentially getting more game time. Like Angus Gunn, I really rate him as a goalkeeper and he's moved on elsewhere because he knows for a fact that he'll get more game time somewhere else and, and that's the decision that they have to make ultimately. Uh, if I'm picking at the moment, it would be Sancho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah, it? I, would, I would have to agree that he's a little bit further ahead, but I think the prospect for Foden is that he can yeah. become a great player for Man City. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but he has every chance and once David, once David Silva retires in a couple of years, maybe then he'll get his chance, but well, you John, can understand why Sancho yeah. left, can't you? John Hodgson, which sort of moves this particular subject on a little bit, he says, are we losing too many amazing talents out of our academy because they want first-team football? Should we present this? Uh, sh sorry, should we... I should wear my glasses when I'm reading these out. <laughs> should we prevent this and how might we do it? Who should we buy back and fast? So he's, he's presumably hinting at Jadon Sancho, mm. but th there is a concern among City fans that... This academy, while it's great and brings players through, also sees players move on. You know, there's there's obviously uh, other players that have done... Mafio, for example, moved yeah. on. He was seen to be on the verge of a first-team place and then he moved on. But the, if we were in the middle of the league and weren't in the Champions League, you know, we weren't challenging, we weren't at the, the forefront of football worldwide and, and challenging and wanting to be the best football team in the world... Then that that'd be valid, wouldn't it? But you know, we to, you know you not you can't fill your team with. Well, I think we've seen it done once, where you fill your team with kids or five or six kids and uh, and win things. It, it well, of all of the people like to that. talk about about this, you did it. Yeah, your we, we your did. youth team came <clears> through, but I suppose your youth team were mid-table when you came through. Well, we, we're worse than that. We we you know we won we won the FA Youth Cup, so we're absolutely legitimately the best group of eighteen-year-olds um, in in the country. And Darren Beckford had come before us, and and John Beresford and Earl Barrett, um, and we we won the FA Youth. We were, and and locally, you know, we won every single game we played in. Apart from the first game, uh, we won every single game we played in Langshaw Langshaw Everton United. We absolutely stormed everything. Um, and I think the, the chairman decided, right, this is the future, get these players in the team, and you bang everybody in together at that, at, you know, at that point, and we got relegated. You know, and we, we, were, we were good, we were, we were a good set of kids, and we'd have been better, we, you know, we lost, um, I always say we lost good senior players that we needed around us, we, you know, um, Paul Power, Matt Lilly, Dave, Dave Phillips, people, we, you know, we needed... I need, you know, I played. I think probably thirty-five games. That didn't really do me any favours. If I'd played thirty-five games with more experience around me, that'd have been okay. But I was playing thirty-five games with the youth team. With so 18, is the reality 19. that your youth team and and obviously I idolise most of that youth team. You know that um, that youth team maybe only one or maybe two 
would have got anywhere near this current first team and this club now that has aspirations as it is. So actually, you might have gone out on loan somewhere. Um, Brighty might have gone out on loan somewhere. You know, Paul Molden. We, we wouldn't have Steve Redman. We'd go through the whole list. You know, you would have gone out on loan most of you, wouldn't you? No, you would. You wouldn't see it. And, and, and at the end, of the day, it depends what you want. There are some. There's definitely some fans out there who just want to see their local team with a load of local talent in it, and they're not. You know, that's the priority. They don't need to see them. You know, winning winning leagues and winning cups and, and challenging. There are other people who, who want to see that set. So, you know, you, you you take your choice, don't you? But ultimately, without any doubt, the the owners and the manager. Are expecting to win the Champions League and be the best football club in, in the in the world. So, where do the two fans sit on this? It, it's a really difficult one because you really want the the homegrown talent to succeed, yeah. but in order to succeed, they need to be given more game time, and the more game time is likely to come in the form of cup games. So the early cup rounds, things like that. But there's only a few of them, isn't but there? Exactly. There's only 11 places so in the team. The, the window of opportunity is so slim for them to succeed. That's why the, the head gets turned to go elsewhere, because although, you know, Foden's dream, yeah, he's living the dream, he's playing for City, you know, he's playing, getting to glimpses of playing with Aguero, but how far along is it going to go before he has to sacrifice that and take a step back and think, well, actually, I want more game time. I'm deserving of more game time. I'll get more game time. I don't want to say a lesser club because it sounds patronising, but elsewhere. And that's the decision they have to make. But I, I, I'd love to see more homegrown players in in the team, but you've got to be realistic and it's just not going to happen. I think, I think it's... Sorry, I, I think it's too early to for for England to be uh, a consideration. You know, how, how old is he, Foden? He's he's, he's eighteen. Yeah, I mean, 19, so it, it's great. I mean, I I was I was nearly nineteen when when I got into City's first team, and I was gutted. I I thought that was too late for me. I think you can add at least sort of two, maybe three seasons into that when you're expected to break through. So this talk about one of my considerations for Phil Foden should be. You know, my mate's getting in the England team and maybe I'm not. That's, you know, leave that for two or three years. So I think we, he really, you know, he should just settle down in a couple of seasons and, and see see where he is then. Got some more questions, some more of Whitey's sevens coming up right after this. Excess Manchester. This is the Manchester Football Social. Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. And this is XS Manchester 106.1 FM, but we're also available to download as a podcast. So as soon as this uh, show's finished, uh, a little bit later on, once James has twiddled all the buttons he's got to twiddle, I will be tweeting out a link to the podcast. So if you just joined us and thought, this sounds good, we should listen from the start, you can do. If you know people around about the country, around the world, in fact, who think, oh, I bet they'd really like to listen to this, uh, then follow me on Twitter at Ian Cheeseman, follow X at XS Manchester. We'll tweet out the links a little bit later on. David, I'm sure I'll retweet, and these two probably as well, and you'll be able to find the podcast that way. David White, the David I was mentioning is next to me. Uh, David White of Whitey Sevens. We'll come back to that a little bit later on. Uh, we've also got Emily and Matty in the studio, two City fans. And we've been asking for your questions as well as your Whitey Sevens. Now, this is the, probably the last one we'll squeeze in before we finish because it's a big one. Uh, this is from uh, Mark Elliott. It's something that 
we talk about often in these international breaks. Soulless atmosphere, he says at the Etihad. Why? And how can we, the club, improve it and make it more intimidating environment for visiting teams, especially in the Champions League? And then Trevor replies to that and says, we've been asking that for years, but in the end, it's down to our supporters. Uh, then John uh, Hudson says... We, lo- we lost our choir when we replaced the local working poor with gentry and overseas supporters, and then brackets pricing policy. You get more noise from city supporters in the local pub than at the Etihad. Perhaps we need video tutorials for the silent supporters, like choir practice before a match. Could we print some songs in the programme for those who don't know the words? Embarrassing when visiting supporters make more noise than the home side. Confetti cannons and flags, just not cutting it. So there's a load you can go on. Let's let, let the two fans go at that one. Uh, right, well, firstly, I'll say this isn't a City issue. This is a Premier League issue. Every club... I would say even including Liverpool and maybe a couple of the lower down teams are a bit louder, but this is a Premier League issue and it is a really difficult one to tackle because one of the reasons I went for the City Matters thing was because I want to try and help to improve the atmosphere. How that's possible, I'm not sure. But even in, I sit in the East End level three and no one makes a peep and I don't know how you force people to make noise it's such a difficult one for me song sheets of the programme that was a suggestion no I wouldn't agree with that I think the away fans should swap positions with the corner flag uh, supports because we've got two singing sections that are separated by the away fans and there's been games where I've been at where one of them singing and the other one's singing out of tune, and it just that doesn't help the atmosphere. Hasn't that happened though? Because City fans wanted to be next to the away fans, and I, by going either side, you double the amount. That are next I understand to them. why I've I've spoke to people when I've mentioned the atmosphere who want the away fans to stay there because it's like that banter, and they can create an atmosphere between them. To me, I'd put them where the Arsenal fans put them in that corner. And just have because City have made a huge deal about this South Stand. We are the South Stand when it opened. They've created a little artistic thing in the South Stand. Um, so if you're going to make it that sort of stand for atmosphere, you've got to go full steam ahead with it, in my opinion. I'd put them third tier, like at Newcastle. You you're not allowed. But that's that would be the only answer because yeah. it's so frustrating. I, I I'm in the South Stand. Everybody stands in the South Stand. They don't sit down and there's still no atmosphere. People are saying about the, the safe standing segregation area. I'm not even entirely sure if that will work. I mean, yeah, you want to get all your people together who want to sing, but everybody in the South Stand stands anyway and doesn't really generate a great deal of noise. So I don't want to be horrible about this, but is it not just simply that there are not enough City fans who want to sing? You know, you can move the away fans where you want. You can move them either side together. But as a collective, because you just mentioned it, Matty, in your stand... There are people don't want to yeah. sing, and I've I've talked to city fans before who've said to me that when they do stand up and sing, people around them are going sit down, yeah. shut up. Yeah. So there is is that. there's just not enough to do it. I've got an idea. Um, I was in Meredith's a couple of weeks, so just play the game in the middle of there because they're singing there. That is for sure. <laughs> Little seven aside, little 
Premier League will let us get away with that, won't they? And the, the, the joke, <laughs> joking aside, though, Merry D's, yes, fantastic atmosphere. You know, and, it, and it's great because they're all packed into one area. And in the South Stand, in those pockets, there is singing, there is atmosphere. But it's just sheer numbers. The, 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 the modern football fan goes to be entertained. And ironically, we're playing fantastic football at City. So it is like going to the best theatre in the world and watching the best production and people are just sitting back and going, wow, this is great. There was a corking atmosphere, though, that first half of the United game last season. That first half was unbelievable. Oh, the atmosphere. Obviously, the second half, we don't talk about it ever. But the first <laughs> half was unbelievable. So we know that we can generate an atmosphere. We always bang on about Hamburg. We know that we can, we're capable of Because of cheap tickets. It. So yeah. maybe maybe the Fulham game, the Fulham game, couple of weeks. My, my fella said the ticket, he's been charged for nine quid. That's for the full game. Yeah, that's brilliant. So hopefully it's going to be packed that night. Tunnel Club, 100, 198 quid for the, the Tunnel Club. The games don't help, don't they? Because, because we're so dominant and you're getting a lot of teams that come and defend, like in the uh, Brighton game and in the Fulham game, it does make it a little bit flat when it's just attack against defence. Like I think City fans thrive on trying to get behind the team when they need a goal, when they're behind. It, it, it shouldn't be like that, but I think that's the way it is at the moment. And, I, you can't force people to sing song sheets aren't going to help it that people know the songs they just like I, I don't sing because I don't want to look like an idiot because I'm the only one who wants to but it is a, it's a, such a difficult one to improve but you, you can only make small steps I believe which is why I've mentioned the self stand listen thanks for everybody who's who's contacted us who's, who's got involved on my uh, Twitter account or on my Facebook page and we'll do this again. Yeah, there's another international break coming up so we'll certainly do it in there. Whether it's these two fans or another two, we'll certainly get a couple of fans in here and we'll talk about these subjects uh, again. Obviously, if you follow Matty, what's your Twitter handle, Matty? Uh, just Matty Dove. Matty Dove. If you follow him, he is your spokesman, especially if you're under 25, to speak on this uh, this this committee, this panel, whatever you want to call it, and you, you've heard what he wants to do. Obviously, you can read what... Uh, uh, what Emily does in King of the Kipax. Uh, now, David, to finish off tonight, the, yep. the, the Whitey Sevens. So you two, first of all, before you do it, Dave, tell us your two sevens. Okay, so I'm going to show my age here. So I'm going to go Hart, Zabaleta, Company, Fernandinho, uh, De Bruyne, King Cladzi and Aguero. Coton, Company, Zabaleta, King Cladzi. David Silva, Yaya Torre, Aguero. And I will go Colton in goal, um, Watson and company as my two defenders. That leaves me with four, doesn't it? Kellen Bell's got to be in there, David Silva's got to be in there, Yaya Torre's got to be in there, Sergio Aguero. That's my seven. Right, I, I've gone with... I, I, David <coughs> White on the bench. Thanks for watching that. I wouldn't put me on the bench. There's no width in the game at all. I'd, I'd just stay there. They put me on, I still wouldn't be on the pitch. Um, I'm going to go with, because the keeper needs to be able to play, I'm, I'm, as much as I'd love to say, TC, I'm going to go with Edison. Because I've seen him play it so much and he doesn't let anything go past him, even when he was 50 and trained as Tony Buck, because you need energy, Paul Power, and I think you need, you've need got to get your width from your defenders in this game. It's then uh, Colin or Yaya, I'm go for Colin. Uh, Aguero up front definitely I think only room for KDB or Silver I'm going to go for Kevin because I, I know there's so many opportunities to have long range shots and that in this game and the other one the interesting one for me is um, Dennis Stewart who was my 
favourite City player and scored a hatful of goals for them, or Trevor Francis. And I just think Trevor Francis would it would be amazing. So I'm going to go Trevor Francis. Thank you very much, David, for one of Whitey's sevens. Next time we get you in, we'll do another one. Uh, thanks very much to the two fans. Uh, don't forget, you can download this as a podcast. I'll tweet out the link very, very soon, as soon as James has done his work. Tomorrow I'll be back with the Wednesday Club. Uh, Joe in the chair, and I think it must be Steve this week. I said it was last week. It'll definitely be Steve in the chair tomorrow. So all the fun and frivolity of that. But, of course, Forever Blue on a Tuesday. We'll be back next week. Excess Manchester. I want. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.